Welcome to the Business Marketing Agency Podcast with Barbara Griffin. Regular tips and tricks for business owners who want to market their business online. Hi, it's Barbara here from the Business Marketing Agency and I'm here with Brent Hodgson who's an absolute keyword research legend and um, I managed to grab him from his busy schedule to talk with us about keywords and the importance of keywords research. So hi Brent, thanks for um, having this chat. Thanks for having me here, Bob. <laughs> yeah, so I wanted to start off with telling people about your amazing background because we met in, I think it was around 2000, when you were working for property investor and author and speaker, Steve McKnight, and you were actually doing all his online marketing. That's going back a fair while. Yeah, we have known each other for a little while, haven't we? Yeah, totes. So um, basically, you were instrumental in making Steve's making him famous basically weren't you <laughs> i don't want to claim too much credit there because steve's a uh, a good marketer in fact an excellent marketer in his own right but certainly while i was there i had um the opportunity to uh you know have a have a bit of fun with a lot of marketing strategies everything from forum marketing to seo to even book publishing and uh, we were able to achieve a lot of great results um, through a lot of different mediums uh, while I was there. And uh, yeah, got a lot of great experience. Yeah, so you were doing all the doing. And so you really, really know your stuff. That's basically where I was going with that. <laughs> yeah, and then, absolutely. but then, no, wait, there's more. <laughs> you also founded this amazing software called Market Samurai. Could you want to talk about that? Yeah, um, I'm no longer involved in the software anymore. I've since sold my stake in it and it's um, being run by some of the people that I founded it with. But uh, the software is now the, I guess, the de facto official keyword research tool for anyone who wants to rank well in the search engines. I've been using it since 2009 and I couldn't rave about it more highly. You've been following me around, haven't you? Yeah, pretty much. But you know, we're friends. So, so yeah, tell us, tell us what it does. People that might not know what it does. Basically what it does is it looks for high quality keywords. And when we're talking about high quality keywords, we're talking about finding keywords that have the greatest potential to earn you money through search engine optimization, because there's a whole bunch of keywords or topics that you could target that uh, you, you'll never achieve rankings for or that if you did achieve rankings for them, they wouldn't bring in much uh, traffic, or if they did bring in traffic, the, the I guess the value of the traffic wouldn't be particularly high. So all of these factors, and there are literally dozens of factors that you want to look at for each one of these keywords, it, it influences your ability to make money from any search engine optimization that you do. Yep, so let's give some actual examples of like, let's say a business might want to rank for their brand name. What would be the, the downside of that? Typically, if someone's searching for your brand name, you know, it's a good thing to rank for. But if someone's already searching for your brand name, then they already know about you. They're already looking for you. So you're not actually attracting a new customer there. So mm -hmm. that's a really good example that you raised there of a keyword that you know, you don't need to optimize around, you don't need to target yeah. because you're going to get that traffic anyway. Yeah, and also people are disappointed at how few searches there are a month for their brand name. Yeah, yeah. Frankly, if people already know you, it's unlikely that they're going to keep visiting your website because, you know, they've already got everything that they want out of it. Totes. So basically the keywords that we try and find for people are 
the keywords that will bring volume but are also very relevant but are also possible to rank for and this tool that you helped launch found basically helps people well I wouldn't say it helps people because we think would you agree with me here we think that it's a bit too tricky for clients to get the software and do it themselves but we're just saying that this is the tool that we use to do it yeah yeah in fact this is one of the things that you and I've been chatting about recently it's been um, how difficult it is for clients to pick up the tool and actually use it because it can literally take days or weeks to find some of these really high value keywords mm-hmm. analyze them and you know select which ones are the right ones to to target so what we've been uh, chatting about and we'll probably cover it a little bit later in this uh this chat that we're having here um is i've been helping you out with developing a way to do this sort of research for clients very effectively and very quickly so that all people need to do is tell you a bit about their business and uh, then you send it off to your team and within a couple of days they come back with a fully you know researched keyword research report that tells you all of the keywords that you should be targeting for your business. Can we disclose that you are my team? That you, you're <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Uh, in fact, the team has been put together by me over a couple of months. And I've trained them in all of the uh, the strategies in how to actually find these high quality keywords myself. So it's a it's a team that you've got access to, and uh, but it's a team that I'm providing the ongoing training for, and I'm working side by side with to make sure that they actually know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, because basically, as we discussed before, uh, keyword research is quite time consuming, mm. and. I mean, I've been doing it myself in the past for clients, as have you, but it's because it's so time consuming. It's basically you have been training people to do what you do. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. Which is which is a very specialized art form, really. Yeah. And it, it can drive you insane after, you know, spending so many hours in front of a keyword research screen, just looking through the data. But what I've been able to do is distill the, um, the principles down into a couple of key things to look for. And uh, we're getting some really great results for some clients at the moment. Yeah, so what are the kind of secret, like, you know, the, the low-hanging fruit that you're looking for? What, what's, what makes a good keyword? Well, there are four factors that you want to look for when you're looking at good quality keywords. And those four factors, just to run over them quickly, and we can go deeper if you want a little bit later, um, those four factors are you want a keyword that's highly relevant to your business, You Mm -hmm. want a keyword that has high levels of traffic. You want a keyword that has a high customer value. And you want a keyword that has low levels of competition. Okay, I'd like to just get an example of each of those. So the first one was relevance. So, so let's give an example of an unrelevant one and a more relevant one. Well, let's use uh, music production, for example. Okay. And yep. if you were doing a, if you were a music production company, then there's going yep. to be some keywords that are going to be highly relevant to, like uh, music production or music producer. Yep. And then there are going to be other keywords that won't be as relevant to you, as the keywords that are less likely to bring in paying customers. Yeah, like music software. Yeah, or how to become a music producer or yep. music producer jobs. 
You know, these are all keywords that are in the same niche or in the same market, but they're not going to bring in the same quality of customer or quality of lead to your business. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking at keywords, you ideally want to focus on the keywords that are likely to bring in uh, paying leads, paying customers, yep. and the right sorts of paying customers, people that are very highly targeted to your business. Because the closer you can get to those, um, you know, those ideal customers, the more money you're going to make from each individual visitor who comes to your website from the search engines. Okay, so that's actually quite a good example and quite easy to understand. So um, let's go to the next point, which was, was it traffic? Yeah, the high traffic is really the one that everyone seems to, you know, grasp immediately. It's the one that a lot of people focus on, but you really need the other three as well. So let's say, let's say you found that dance producer or R&B producer or hip hop producer yep. got either, let's say they got a lot of searches, but that classical music producer didn't. Yeah. You you could also evaluate your keywords based on the volume of desire in the market. Absolutely. And th I guess that's coming back to your, your comment about branding before, how um, people aren't searching a lot for businesses' brand names. Yeah, because they haven't heard of them. They don't yeah. know who to... I mean, some... Okay, Coca-Cola or whatever brand name that's a household name, they know. But yeah. the average small business, they may not know the name of. Hmm. So I guess what, what we're doing here is we're looking for those big pockets of customers because if we can tap, tap into a, a rich vein of gold, if we can tap into a rich vein of customers online, then we've got the greatest potential to make money out of those uh, customers or yeah. out of any, any work that we do in terms of marketing. Yes, because basically what we're going to do after we've got these keywords is we're going to rank your site for those keywords. So if somebody did type in Music Producer Sydney, your site would come up at the top of the search results and therefore mm. somebody has got a chance of actually finding your site, clicking on it, seeing what you do and maybe getting in touch to, to give you some work. Yeah, yeah. The third factor that we have here is customer value. And this, is, this follows nicely on from the um, previous point that we had uh, about getting as many people as you can from the search engines. It's not always just about the volume of people or the number of people that you get from the search engines. It's also about the value of each individual visitor. So some people who visit your website uh, will be very profitable clients and some people who visit your website will be very unprofitable clients. So um, let's use an example of classical music versus uh, indie rock. Yep. So an indie rock producer, I don't want to, you know, tar everyone with the same same brush, but indie rock, you know, probably doesn't have a lot of money. If someone's looking for a producer there, they're probably looking to do some production on a shoestring. Yes, Versus that's right. classical where, you know, you're talking about a 50-piece orchestra and a lot of equipment and so forth. They've probably got a little bit of a, a, bit of a budget that they can use. Well, what about advertising com uh, music producer or commercial music producer? Yeah, really good point. Those a keyword research might identify some potentially higher paying types of leads. Mm. So so let's say um, if you if dance producer may get 4,000 searches a month and commercial music production might get 100 searches a month, but you might decide that commercial music production is such a high value keyword that it's still worth chasing even though it has less traffic. Absolutely. In fact, there's even a little formula that you can use to compare 
apples with apples, I guess, when it comes to these, mm -hmm. these keywords. What we're doing when we're looking at the customer value is we're looking at what your competitors are willing to pay per click or per individual visitor. If we multiply what your competitors are willing to pay for a visitor when they're advertising by the number of visitors. And, and you're talking about Google AdWords. Yeah, that's correct. And we can yeah. actually get that data through Market Samurai. Market Samurai's got a sneaky mm -hmm. little way to capture that. Brent, do you still use Market Samurai? Is that your tool of choice, seeing as you invented Absolutely. it? Yeah, me, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, me too. I mean, there's other ones out there, and I cross-reference my research with all of them, but I find that one is just so, so useful. I wish that there was an easier way. I wish someone came up and took what we did a couple of years ago and made it better and faster and easier easier but unfortunately it's still you know still the cutting edge tool and it's what what the team's using to find keywords for all of the clients at the moment yeah so basically before you go into point number four the reason why it takes a while to do research is is twofold one is it takes actually hours sometimes to pull the data yeah for for hundreds of keywords and secondly you need a brain to actually go through and evaluate and there's no software or you know Indian outsourcer that can do that it has to be actually a trained native speaker that understands the business that can go through and evaluate these keywords that's really important what you say about a trained native speaker it's not just enough about enough to understand uh, you know how to do keyword research it's not just enough to follow a simple process you really really do need someone who's doing it who understands the intricacies of language because it's the difference often between finding something that's highly relevant to your business and you know something that's really not relevant to your business yep so if people do order a keyword a research report through us that you're going to do for them they'll get a beautiful PDF with keywords but will we give them hundreds will we give them a hundred will we give them the top 10 the top 20 the top 50 we typically focus on between 10 to 20 main keywords and this is enough for any you know medium to large website or even a small website to build content around and start you know attracting traffic from yeah totally in addition to that we go in and we look for we look deeper and we grab all of the additional relevant keywords, all of the long tail keywords that are relevant to all of those main keywords. And what we end up with is even though we've got 10 to 20 main keywords, we might end up with you know 100 or 200 keywords in total, which have low levels of competition, high levels of value, are highly relevant and have good levels of traffic. Yeah, and to, to get those top 20, how many are you are you looking at to get to, to cull that from? I mean, typically it's hundreds, isn't it? We could look through ten thousand keywords to find ten good quality keywords. Yep. And that's I guess it's a it's an indication of, of what keyword research is really like. It's like panning for gold. You know, you're putting all of this silt and and dirt and so forth in your pan, and you're swirling it around. And getting rid of all the rocks and then getting rid of all the dirt and then what you're left with is a few little gold nuggets down the very bottom and those gold nuggets are your most valuable keywords that you can target totally for example you're talking about gold nuggets there and um, it's not obvious even by common sense what are the good keywords so for example I, I researched hypnotherapy a while back 
And the difference between hypnotherapy and hypnotherapist mm. was quite large in terms of a difference in volume and also a difference in buyer intent because if somebody's looking for information about hypnotherapy mm. they may not be wanting to buy but if some, someone is looking for a hypnotherapist mm. would you would you agree that they're more likely to be wanting to have a practitioner yeah that's, that's a really good example there because if someone's searching for a hypnotherapist that's a, a specialized professional in a specific field um, versus hypnotherapy that's a that's really an information search I guess it's like um, I came across one a little while ago. We were in the insurance industry and we came across all of these quote-related keywords mm -hmm. and some of them were highly relevant. There were insurance quotes and, you know, various types of insurance quotes. Yep. Um, and then we ended up with free quote or um, funny quote. And we started to notice that some of these keywords were verging outside of our market and into... Um, slightly different markets where people were looking for, you know, inspirational quotes, for example. Yeah, or something to put on, uh, like a cartoon or some content to put on their website. They weren't buyers. Yeah, exactly. And as a result, if you if you target some of those keywords, you might be able to rank well and you might be able to get a lot of people to your website. But those people might not end up buying. So you're absolutely yeah. right on with the hypnotherapy and hypnotherapist example. I think we've missed out point number four. Shall we do? Shall we cover that? Yeah, let's delve straight in. So point number four was, uh, the, or the fourth keyword factor that you want to look at, is uh, low levels of competition. Yep. And this is essentially how difficult will it be for me to rank for this keyword? And this is almost impossible for a business owner to f figure out by themselves. You basically yeah. need a you need a tool, and you need us to, to to figure that out for you. Before Market Samurai existed, we used to do it all manually. And there's, let me have a think here. There are there were about twenty four little pieces of information that we were gathering just to analyze one web page, and we would repeat this process, and we would gather this data not just for the first web page that ranks for Google, but the top 10 web pages that were ranking in Google. Uh -huh. So that's 240 pieces of information that we were gathering. So this was one of the reasons why Market Samurai was so valuable. So the types of information that you were gathering was how many backlinks that site has got. Yeah. What's how the many, page rank? Yeah, uh, how old the, is it? Yeah, uh, how many pages are there in Google? Um, whether or not it's keyword optimized and where it's keyword optimized. We had four or five places where we were checking it. We used yep. to also check how often Google indexes the page. We'd also yep. then go into um, the quality of the backlinks that the website had because a website could have a lot of low quality backlinks or it could have a, a small number of high quality backlinks yep. to get to where it is. Yep. Um, we'd also look at the number of competitors, the um, the number of optimized competitors. You know, there was literally dozens of things that we would be looking at. Yeah, and basically, just just to um, to to kind of let people know why we're looking at these factors. Uh, internet marketers have basically reverse engineered Google's algorithm, which mm. is secret, and Google doesn't tell us how they pick their top websites. We have to figure it out. And we figured it out to a certain extent that they're looking for, you know, an old domain that has a lot of pages, that has a lot of high quality backlinks mm. and a few other factors. But we're actually being a little bit ninja about this, aren't we? 
Absolutely. I don't think they really like us knowing this stuff. Um, and that's why they keep it so, you know, hidden away under the lock and key because we actually use this to make a lot of money. And Yeah, and we use this to game the system and Google doesn't really want us to do that. No, no. They want to keep all of their... Um, their favorite scholarly style articles up the very top because they're very engineering minded. You know, they don't want us, you know, us making money out of their hard work. Totes. So, I mean, let's talk about why Google is so important for search engine results. Is it because it's got the market share in the world? Yeah. In fact, when we're talking about Google, we're talking about, you know, the world's largest website. We're talking about the place where so many people actually, you know, go to start any buying decision. In fact, if you want some stats, every month there's about 120 billion searches per month worldwide. And when it comes to buying stuff online, 89% of consumers use search engines to make purchasing decisions. And 71% of enterprises um, when they're making a, a business purchasing decision, the first place they begin that purchasing decision is online. And even local businesses, if you want the local fish and chip shop, 76% um, of us will actually use Google to find out what the phone number is for the local fish and chip shop. So increasingly, more and more of our thinking, more and more of our uh, purchasing decisions are moving online and when they're moving online they're moving to Google yeah because Google is the yellow pages basically now yeah it really is it and, really is. And, and what about the other search engines I mean if, if you said that Google's got 76% of the market share that leaves you know Yahoo Bing and ask you know sharing the other 15% do you think that those search engines mirror Google in their results or do they have different algorithms and they're fairly similar. Yeah. They seem to be. They seem to chase Google where wherever Google's going. Depending on where you are, Google is actually even bigger than 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 that. So I think it's seventy six percent in the US. It's eighty three percent of the global search market that they hold, mm -hmm. and in Australia, it's ninety two percent of the global search market. Yeah, because so Australia, Australia is much more Google centric. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, there's not really a huge amount of value if you're going to rank well in Yahoo or Bing. You know, you'll, you'll only tap into 8% of the potential traffic mm -hmm. that's out there. But as you say, you know, if you're ranking well for Google, you should be ranking well for Yahoo and Bing as well. Yep. So, look, I want to talk about now once clients have got there, I mean, I know this kind of is where it kind of passes over to us to help, but... Clients order their keyword research report, they get their top 20 keywords, they may pick from those or pick some other ones, they give them to us and then we, what we do is we have to make sure that their site actually mentions those words because mm. it's absolutely impossible to rank for a keyword that you don't even mention on your site. That's like uh, search engine optimization 101. If you want to rank for it, you at least need to mention it. Yeah, no, but not only mention it, you have to have lots of words of content about it. You have yeah. to have, you know, um, on-page optimization such as the keyword and the URL and the title and the header and the description and the content. And it can't be junk, spammy, useless content. It has to be original content and you can't copy it from elsewhere on the web. That's absolutely, absolutely. You've covered 
almost every base there. So yeah. it also matters where your keyword appears. So it needs to appear ideally inside the title tag of the page, ideally in the URL of the page, ideally in the, the little header that you put onto the page, and ideally it would appear inside the code, inside something called the meta uh, tags, inside the meta description, or the meta keywords tags. Yeah, so if you're getting a sort of a bird's eye overview, bigger picture of how what Brent does fits into the, you know, the great solar system of SEO, a new client would come to us and say, uh, we want to know what are good keywords. Brent would go and do the research, give it to us. We would pick the keywords, then we would optimize the client's website for those keywords by writing and creating and placing content that was very well optimized and then step three is that we would build the site backlinks using seo perfect yeah and through <laughs> that uh with enough assuming assuming we've got the uh keyword optimization of the page right it's valuable content uh all that we need to do from there is build enough quality backlinks and give it enough time with enough time and backlinks, we should be able to reach the top spots in Google. Yeah, look, let's. Um, I want to hear your opinions about you know uh, managing client expectations on how long it will take them to rank for keywords. Yeah. Oh, wow. This can be a, a minefield for anyone that's doing SEO consulting. Um, a lot yeah. of people want to be able to rank number one for insurance overnight. Realistically, it's just not going to be able to happen. You know, even if we were were able to build all of the backlinks that um, that you needed on day one, and it does take a lot of time and effort and an investment of money to be able to build all of those backlinks. Even if we did, um, Google wouldn't immediately put you up there on day one. It's going to take a long time to build that trust with Google until you're actually able to rank in that top spot. Yep. But what I can say is there are a couple of factors that influence how long it takes. The number of backlinks that your competitors have will influence how long it takes to um, rank well. If they have a lot of backlinks or links pointing to their websites, then uh, they are going to be able to hold that top spot for longer. For example, Wikipedia and government sites often turn up at the top of Google because they're old, they're very trusted, and they have masses of backlinks. Yeah, and that's another one. The age of a website, the longer it's been around, the more cemented it will be into that top spot in Google or one of those higher spots. The third factor that you want to look at when you're assessing how long it will take is how many competitors there are for your keyword. How many competitors are actually mentioning the keyword? Because I guess it's like uh, a sheepdog sheep jumping over the backs of all of the sheep. If there aren't too many sheep, then it's going to be easier for it to jump to the front of the front of the herd. Yeah. But um, if there's a lot of sheep, it's going to take a lot more time and a lot more effort to get to the front. So let's talk about long tail keywords and how that's a great opportunity for a new business. Yeah, long tail keywords. What we're talking about when we're talking about the long tail are those longer phrases or those um, more specific phrases that people are typing into the search engines. So if they're typing in, um, you know... A, let's say, let's go back to your insurance niche because that yeah. was a good one. Okay, well, uh, it might be in... Uh, insurance for a um, Triumph motorbike 
Or yeah, or insurance for, insurance for a small business. Yeah, versus um, business insurance or motorcycle insurance, which would be shorter tail keywords, or just insurance, which would be a very generic, you know, very short tail keyword. Yeah, but imagine how many businesses with big pockets are trying to rank for insurance. Yeah. So basically, you'll never do it. So what we would advise a new business that wants to promote themselves on the web is to go for the longer tail keywords because they're the low-hanging fruit. Absolutely. It's typically easier to rank for them. You typically get a much more relevant visitor. It's going to take a little bit more effort if you want to rank and get, you know, the same thousand visitors from, um, from you know, a hundred keywords versus one keyword. But, uh, you know, the, the value of ranking for long tail keywords is certainly there because you get much faster rankings. So I guess if we're mm-hmm. looking at the return on investment for a net from any SEO work, you get a much faster return. It's not as big, but your your investment is much lower. Yeah. So, you know, do we need to convince people that they should be um, doing SEO, doing keyword research, marketing themselves online, um, rather than putting their money into the other old school forms of advertising such as radio ads, TV ads, print media. Yeah, I think that for most people it's a much higher return on investment way to um, to market their businesses online. You know, you put your money into search engine optimization once and so long as your competitors aren't um, battling, battling you for those top spots later on, then you should be able to hold you know, a fairly good ranking over the long term and get a lot of these visitors for free versus radio advertising where every month you need to put out, put out another ad if you want to keep attracting visitors. Yeah, or, look, I have clients that are spending, say, $80,000 a year on radio advertising and about 1500 a month on SEO. And I can see by looking into their Google Analytics that they're getting more targeted traffic and conversions from their SEO efforts in their generic keywords, such as insurance provider, Sydney or whatever, than they are for their brand name, Acme Insurance. So, Bob, why do they uh, keep, uh, keep their radio advertising around? What's the value to them actually doing it? Look, I think... Look, not being mean here, but it can be ego Mm -hmm. because, you know, the client likes to have their ads on the radio and they're they're under the mistaken impression that radio advertising still works and will give them traffic. And, you know, you can see by the brand names, like, okay, let's say you you heard a radio ad for for, um, Rescue Me Insurance. Rescue Me Insurance. So basically, you could tell if that radio ad played, you would get more searches for rescue insurance. Yeah. But the results from that radio ad are disappointing compared to the amount of money that the business has spent on the radio mm. ads. It's a shame. It's a shame. And I guess it's two different philosophies on marketing. You've got the direct response marketing versus the branding marketers. So can you just explain what that is? Because that's yeah. it, that we know what that is, but I think people don't really know the difference. There's a big philosophical battle among marketers. You've got the both sides, direct response versus branding marketers. Branding marketers of the old style, Coca-Cola, Mad Men style, you know, advertisers that are out there building big brands. And mm-hmm. the direct response marketers are the ones that are, 
you know, if they're on TV, they'll be doing infomercials. If they're if they're on radio, they'll be doing a direct response offer. If they're um, on the outside of a can of Coca-Cola, then it will be a um, SMS to win competition. Or if they're online, they'll be doing search engine optimization or pay-per-click advertising. And when it comes to direct response marketing, it's all about the response. You're all, always after the sale. You're not trying to stay in someone's mind or create mind share. All you're doing is creating a return on investment from your advertising. And if you can't create a return on investment from however you're advertising, then you don't use that advertising method. So it's a much more profitable way of advertising. It's uh, certainly not, it doesn't have the prestige of other sorts of advertising, but uh, for people that are out there, small businesses, medium businesses, who literally need to make sure that their profit uh, comes from advertising, that every dollar that they spend on advertising makes them at least one back, then you, those sorts of people are ideal for direct response marketing. Yeah, so just explaining what direct response marketing is, it's an ad that says you have this problem, we can help it to, to get your solution taken care of, do this. Yeah. So there's a, I guess a call to action is the word that we use. There's something that we're asking people to do right then and there. Mm -hmm. And what's the difference between branding? Branding is more like um, you'll feel amazing if you have this product. Yeah, I think that's a good example. Yeah. And uh, people aren't expecting the sale right then and there. They're just uh, expecting to stay in your head. They're expecting to be a, a brand that you'll think of next time. And sure, branding you know has some benefits. People are more likely to purchase the item that they're familiar with. Um, but the issue is that most people aren't ready to purchase at that time. And by the time they come around to purchasing, um, you know they might have forgotten about the brand, or some clever direct marketer could have offered a, a discount or a coupon offer or a two-for-one deal. Um, to actually buy the competitors and would swipe the client or the customer um, underneath the nose of the person that's doing the brand advertising. Yeah, so basically, like, let's say Nike is an example. Nike sells sneakers. And, you know, how much are sneakers? If you buy them at Kmart, they're 10 or $20. If you buy any other non-Nike brand, it's, I don't know, $80, $100. But if you buy Nike... They've got the ticks on them, and they are two hundred dollars. Yeah. So basically, you're paying an extra hundred dollars for the branding, and for the fact that you've got Nike. Or even Coca-Cola versus Pepsi. You know, it's it's they're both branding, and they've both been in the cola wars since what the 1960s or whatever it was. So um, they both established themselves, but you can go out and you can get a oh, what's a what's a good example of a generic cola? You know, Royal. Royal Crown Cola or something like that for half the cost or a Kmart Cola for 20 cents instead of a yep. dollar per can. And you know, you could say that it tastes a little bit different, but it doesn't taste that different. Have you actually noticed that if you try to buy Coca-Cola and you've got a Pepsi store, you actually can't buy it and vice versa? At a Pepsi store? Yeah, so just explaining what direct response marketing is. It's an ad that says, you have this problem, we can help it huh, to, there you go. to get your solution taken care of, do this. Restaurants, yeah. Um, other stores, not so much. I noticed that they don't like it when their, 
their fridges are next to each other though yeah yeah so basically we have explained why keyword research is complicated but so so important before you um, attempt online marketing it's basically the cornerstone um, that everything else hangs off yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah I guess if you don't pick good keywords if you fail to actually work out what types of customers you're targeting online then what happens is you don't end up getting visitors to your website you don't end up making sales as a result of any um, website that you have Uh, and as a result your website or your online marketing becomes an expense rather than an investment so the value of keywords basically that they make everything more profitable or they they help you to actually attract people from the search engines yeah because basically people that want what you're selling your product or service are googling something Mm. and you want to be ranking for that something Mm. and if you're not then your competitors are and you're losing those customers to them okay so basically to get started with keyword research just send me an email info at thebusinessmarketingagency.com and we will sort you out with some keyword research that Brent will do for you with consultation with me and we will give you the top 20 list but also many more keywords in case you don't like the top 20 that will be perfect for you to rank for that have relevance, that have traffic, that are low in competition so you've actually got a chance of ranking for them. And what's the fourth one? High customer value. There you go. With a, with a buying intent, really. That's what we mean by high customer value, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And so that it's um, a valuable type of customer as well. So uh, some sometimes you can find uh, two very similar products and one is um, much more valuable than the other, a much greater perceived value. You know, goji berry versus mangosteen, for example. Goji berry, people might be willing to pay um, more for on a per unit basis. Hey, Brent, it was really amazing talking to you tonight, and thank you so much. I think that that was just so useful for people that are really quite confused about keyword research because I know that it's it's so technical, it's so off-putting for many businesses, but you've really helped um basically show people the value of doing keyword research first. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you very much for having me along. And it's been a pleasure knowing you and working with you. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. See you, everybody. I'm Barbara Griffin from the Business Marketing Agency, and you've been talking to Brent Hodgson about SEO and keyword research. You've been listening to the Business Marketing Agency podcast with Barbara Griffin. For any questions, feedback, or just to keep in touch, email me, info at thebusinessmarketingagency.com.